Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with author Dan Gemeinhart about his new middle grade novel, The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise. The book is out on January 8th from Henry Holt Books for Young Readers, which is sponsoring this podcast. Dan Gemeinhart is a former elementary school teacher librarian. His previous books for young readers include The Honest Truth, Some Kind of Courage, Scar Island, and Good Dog. In his latest book, The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise, 12-year-old Coyote and her father have been traveling across the country in an old school bus for the past five years, ever since Coyote's mother and two sisters were killed in a car crash, and her father made a vow to leave the past behind. When Coyote learns that the park in her old town is going to be demolished, along with the time capsule she buried with her mothers and sisters there, she hatches a plan to get her dad to drive all the way back to Washington State without him realizing. Thank you for speaking with me, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. Can you talk a bit about the origin story for the book? What was your way into Coyote's story? Absolutely. So this whole book came out of a really uh, morbid daydream that I had uh, one night. So the family in the story is kind of, at least the, the characterization is kind of based on my own family. I have a wife and I have three daughters, so just like the, the main family in the book. And one night, I was alone, home alone with just my middle daughter. And my wife and the other two daughters were out running errands or something. And I had this horrible theoretical daydream, like, what would happen if something happened to them on the way home? If it was just me and, and my middle daughter how would we put our lives back together? How would we hold each other strong? How would we move on to our future? What would our life be like if we lost these three people that are so important to us? And I thought, man, like I couldn't keep living in this house because there'd be so many memories and just like going to work. And so I thought we'd have to leave. And then the whole book came out of that really, really sad uh, daydream of what happens to a family when it goes through a terrible loss like that. And so even when I wrote the rough draft, I even used where all the characters were our names. Uh, the dad's name was my name, and the mom's name was my wife's name, and the three daughters were my th three daughters' names. And then um, when I had my wife read the rough draft, she said, wow, it's really good, but you have to change the names because it's just way too sad to have our actual family in there. And so I did change the names, but other than that, it really was, even though it's fiction, it came from you know kind of an emotionally true place. I really tried to put myself in the situation of those characters, how I would feel and how I would I would try to move on and how my daughter would do the same. In spite of that subject matter, there's a lot of hope and heart in the book as Coyote journeys to find a new family and home, um, meeting new friends and connections along the way. What drew you to write from that kind of slant? Well, really, um, I, I, even though all of my books, um, this is my fifth book, they all have some real sadness. They have some heavy themes. They have some loss and grief. I never set out to just write a sad book. I always want to have some joy in my stories, some hope in my stories, some, some fun and usually some humor in my stories. 
And it's just kind of the, 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 the feel and the tone I'm, I'm going for and the kind of story I want to tell. I, I, I have no problem with having sadness in stories. As a reader, I love sad stories and stories that make me feel big things and stories that make me cry. I cry all the time when I read. I'm a total sap. But I don't want to write like a morose book. Um, it's just not the kind of story I like to read and it's, it's not very fun to write. Um, and so I thought about this world and this, this dad and this, and this daughter and they're, they're damaged, but they also love each other and they have a lot of, uh, they do have a lot of joy and hope between them, and they live this really interesting life. They drive around the country. They never stay any place more than one day. They live in this old school bus they've retrofitted, and they have to go on this you know, this cross country race. And I thought, what are some interesting people that they could meet along the way? What are some some hopefully joyful, hopeful, funny things that could happen along the way? Because all of those people that Tadi meets and all the little adventures she has along the way teach her something about what she's trying to do, what she's trying to learn, what she's trying to deal with. And so they're not just there to lighten the tone, although it really helps and hopefully make it a really fun story with, with lots for different kinds of readers, but also they're there for Coyote for, to teach her the stuff that she needs to learn by the end of the story. I see in your bio that you moved around quite a bit growing up while your father was in the army. What was that experience like? And do you see yourself at all in the character's itinerant journey? Yeah, for sure. So my, my early child, up through about sixth grade, was definitely kind of defined by movement. Is We moved almost every year, sometimes more than once a year. And so I went to a, school, a different school for almost every grade, basically, and sometimes a couple of schools per grade. And so we were moving state to state and city to city and house to house. And so I was always the new kid. And I, what I, I guess kind of got out of that, it was hard at times, and there was definitely good things about it. Um, and it's always sad to leave your friends behind. But the good thing I got from it is that I don't have a sense of home being tied to a place since I don't have a child at home. And there was no one place that was always my home for more than a couple of years, sometimes less than that. And so for me, home is where I am. Home is where my family is. And that is exactly, I think it was subconscious, but maybe not so subconscious, is that what's, that's what Coyote's reality is, is even though they are, you know, quote unquote homeless, they ramble around the country um, she is with herself and she is with her dad. And so she is at home. There's things she wants and there's needs that aren't being met. And that's what the story is about and, and things that she's really got to seek and go after. But she doesn't have that rootless homeless feeling because she's with her dad. And, and that's the same kind of, of understanding or upbringing that I had, that you're home when you're with the people that you love. And so that's definitely a thread that, that runs throughout the story. Names and naming also play an important role in the novel. How did you land on the name Coyote Sunrise, which is sort of an alias? And what do you think it reveals about her character? Yeah, that was one of the first things I got. So my stories always come in kind of come into my brain in a, in a weird wandering path. I usually don't get like one moment where I have an idea and it turns into a story and there I go. Where I had that moment with the daydream, but then it changes and it morphs. And usually it's weeks or even months or even years before I start writing that story down. But one of the early things I got is that I knew her name was going to be Coyote, and I'm not even sure why. I'm not even sure where that came from, but it just felt right for the character. And also, coyotes as animals are really resilient, and they're survivors, and they can survive just about anywhere, and you know, out in the wilderness, or in sage country, or forest, or in Central Park, in New York City. I mean, they're amazing. And so it also kind of fit with, with what she's going through. But I chose to have the two main characters, Coyote and her dad, have aliases, because Part of the kind of the trauma of losing her mom and her sisters and then they've started this new rambling life is that they, her dad especially, they needed to leave the past behind. It was too painful. 
Um, and so they never go home. They never talk about the past. They never even talk about Coyote's mom and her, or her sisters. It's, it's a no-go is, is what her dad calls it. He, he, we don't talk about the past. We don't go back, um, which is something that's not okay with her. And that becomes more clear throughout the book is that she's not okay with that, that she wants to hold on to these people that she loves and their memories. And so as part of that, to just show that, um, they picked new names. When they left their home behind and moved into this bus five years ago, they picked new names. And so that's not her real name. It's not the name she was born with. But her and her dad both pick new names to represent this fresh start in their life. And so at the end, that starts to get a little blurry, where she kind of maybe wants her dad to call her by her real name because she's okay with being a new person and moving on, but she's also holding to what matters to her and to the things that are still really important to her heart. But yes, naming is is absolutely an important part in any story, but certainly in this one for sure. Also on the subject of names, at the very beginning of the book, Coyote adopts a cat whom she names Ivan after the one and only Ivan. I'm curious, why did you choose to pay homage to Catherine Applegate's novel here? Well, that's an, that's an easy answer, just because I love that book, and I talk it up whenever I can. I think it's just a masterpiece. Um, you could say a middle-grade masterpiece, but I would just say masterpiece, period. It's so great, and it's a story about friendship, and it's a story about protecting what matters to you. Um, there are some similar themes, very, very different stories in almost every way, but there are some similar themes there. And I also knew from the beginning that something that was going to be important to the character of Coyote is books and reading. And that also goes back to my own past, moving around so much, is that's where I became a big reader. It's because books were super important to me. We kept moving, and I kept having to leave my friends behind and my school behind and my home behind. But every school that I went to had a library. And the libraries were full of books, and the books were pretty much the same no matter where I was. And so those were my friends, and those, that books were my home, and they were the one kind of constant in my life. And that's why I'm an author today. And so books are a common uh, theme and topic throughout this whole story of Coyote Sunrise because she's just a big reader. And she's got a little library on a bookshelf in, in the bus, and she reads whatever she can. And so I knew that I was going to have conversations around books and connections with books. And so I kind of just got to pick some of my favorites to put in there. And the one and only Ivan is right at the top because it's so great. And, and so that, that is the name of her cat. She names him after that, that fantastic book. Coyote and her dad are also storytellers. And they switch off telling each other once upon a times. Do you remember at what age you got the urge to start telling your own stories? I always loved, like I said, books and reading. And I don't remember when I exactly decided that someday I might want to be an author or a storyteller. But I know that it was early. From as long as I can remember, I'm super lucky. I had three dreams as a kid. I wanted to be a teacher, and I wanted to be an author, and I wanted to be a professional football player. And I'm super lucky that two of those three dreams came true. And football player was never in the cards for me. Um, but I got to be a teacher for 13 years, and I've gotten to be an author. And again, that goes way, way back. Um, I remember making up stories and writing down stories, and just being in awe of how awesome books were and how powerful they could be, how someone in some room at some time could write, write down words on a piece of paper. And then me, maybe decades later and thousands of miles away, could read those words and laugh and cry and get scared and be moved just by the power of what they'd written. And it was always something that I knew I wanted to try myself. And I feel really grateful that I got to see that dream come true. Do you miss the chance to be in the classroom at all now? I really, really do. I um, am super lucky, no complaints, that this was my dream, and I feel really, really, really blessed and grateful to be an author. But being a teacher is a really 
special job. And I was an elementary teacher librarian, so I worked in a K-5 school in the library. And so all day I got to connect awesome kids and awesome readers with awesome books and read the great books and, and have these great relationships with these kids. And I definitely miss that. As an elementary school teacher, especially librarian, where you work with all the kids, you get to be like kind of at the heart of the school and you get lots of hugs and lots of high fives. And being a writer is great too, but I definitely miss that connection, that being part of a team of all the teachers working together, trying to you know achieve this common goal. And I definitely miss the kids. And so I'm happy and, and grateful to be an author now, but I do feel like in my future, I will at some point definitely be a teacher, a teacher again, for sure. Cause I really, really miss that, that joy and fulfillment, even though it can be a tiring, exhausting job, that fulfillment you get from it is, is irreplaceable. And do you have any plans to hit the road for a book tour by bus or otherwise? Um, uh, there is some travel coming up in the spring. Um, my publisher has me doing some, some trips, um, to conferences and festivals and, and some bookstores. And I've got a number of school visits I've booked myself. I don't have a bus plan, although that would be amazing to do a, a book tour in the spirit of the book and get an old school bus or an RV. No plans for that, um, but it would be fantastic. And I love traveling. And I love road trips. And even when I was researching this book, researching definitely in heavy air quotes, I, uh, me and a couple of my friends, we rented an RV and we drove around the country for 10 days so I could get a feel for what's that like to, to wake up someplace different every day and to live out of truck stops. And, um, so I use that as an excuse to go on a fun trip with my friends. Um, but no, no plans for a book tour like that just yet, but I'll think about it. What do you hope readers will take away from the new book? I hope that, well, first of all, my, my, always my first goal, no matter what kind of story I'm writing, and I'm sure this came out of being an elementary librarian and trying to get kids excited about books and trying to get kids to read books and finish books is my first goal is always to write an exciting story, a story that readers will enjoy. Yes, there's like big truths I'm trying to uncover and there's big questions I'm trying to ask, but really I want them to be swept away. I want them to be entertained and inspired um, and just have a great time reading the book. And I'm unashamed about saying that is I want to write a story that the kids will enjoy reading. So that's always number one. But beyond that, yeah, I want them to think about what, what matters most to them and what would they do for what matters most to them and what is home and what is family. And also, there's a lot of, in this book about Coyote learning to be okay advocating for herself because for, for five years since the accident, she's kind of been taking care of her dad because he's been so emotionally damaged by what happened, which is understandable. But a lot of the story is her realizing that there's things that she needs and wants too, and that that's important. And she needs to raise her voice and she needs to ask the world for what she needs from it. And so hopefully there's um, a message of, of self-empowerment stuff in this story as well. Going back to the beginning of your career, I understand you wrote for 10 years before your debut book, The Honest Truth, was published. What finally clicked for you? Really, it was just like anything. It was practice, practice, practice. Is I'd had a dream of being a writer, like I said, forever. And I didn't really try to work at it until I was like a grown-up. I was out of college in my 20s, had a job. And I said, okay, man, I've had this dream to be an author forever. And I, I can't put it off for another 25 years. And so I jumped into it. But I wasn't good at all at first. And I wrote a number of really bad books that never got published, that will never get published. And that's a part of most people's journey. You talk to most writers, even successful best-selling authors, most of them have a desk drawer book or two, books that never got out of their desk. Um, and so it just took me a lot of writing and practice and a lot of reading. I did 
more and more and more reading, especially in middle grade as an elementary librarian. And that really, really helped me get a feel for stories and characters and kind of those internal arcs of the stories and the external arcs and complications and the themes and, and the craft of writing. And I started going to conferences and workshops to learn about the craft, which is also super important. And so just like anything, if you want to be a good basketball player or a good violin player or a good dancer or a good artist or a good cook, you got to do it a lot. You got to think about it, reflect on it, focus on how you can get better, keep learning more until you get up to that level you were shooting for. It took me a long time, took me a solid decade, but I'm really glad that I didn't give up and I'm really glad that I stuck with it because I'm super grateful to be a, a storyteller today. In terms of some of your recent projects, I saw you tweeted recently about NaNoWriMo. Can you share anything about what you're working on now? Sure, yeah. So NaNoWriMo is this annual challenge that people all over the world do. It stands for National Novel Writing Month, and you challenge yourself to write an entire novel start to finish during the month of November. So you can't start until November 1st, and you got to get done by November 30th. And I've done it a couple times before. Actually, two of my books that have gotten published, Scar Island and Some Kind of Courage, we're both NaNoWriMo projects. Of course, you end up with a rough, rough draft because you're writing so much every day. And so there's a lot of revising that goes into it. It's not really done in a month, but the rough draft's written in a month. And so I'm doing it again because I've got a deadline coming up um, for my second book with Holt, which I'm really excited about. And I don't usually talk that much about what I'm working on, not because I'm super secretive, but because I find that when I talk about what I'm working on, I have less mental flexibility to work on it almost like it's like the, the clay hardens or something um, but I will say it's very different all my books are pretty different from the books that came before them I've kind of been genre hopping even though they're all middle grade and the next one is definitely no exception it is science fiction it is set kind of in, near, in the near future kind of not exactly post-apocalyptic but kind of close and there's like killer robots and stuff so it's really really a different kind of project than Coyote Sunrise but I'm having a lot of fun writing it and so many things are universal stories when you talk about characters and what they're going through and all that stuff and so even though it's genre hopping um, it's it's still a story that's got adventure it's got a journey but it still has a lot of heart and a lot of internal emotional stuff which is what I look for in stories as a reader and a writer and so yeah so I'm plugging away on that and NaNoWriMo and fingers crossed I get her done. Wonderful. Well, good luck on that. And congratulations on your new book. Thanks for speaking with me. Thanks so much. I had a great time talking with you. Thanks for having me. Once again, I've been speaking with Dan Gemeinhart, whose new book, The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise, is due out January 8 from Henry Holt. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. <laughs>